Last week on School of the Dead, we talked about Oglevale, a mourner who is so incredibly dedicated to his charge, his responsibility, but he's not the only one. It would be unreasonable to talk about commitment to the Alltaker's plan and his goals without talking about Aragast, the Arbiter of Souls. This is the School of the Dead. I am your host and teacher for the day, Andrew Seco. I am excited to take you through everything, and as always, I will link any supplementary materials or comics or anything, but our primary textbook is going to continue to be the Chronicle of the Underworld. Today, we're going to meet another of the Aldtaker's children, Aragast. So to understand Aragast, we have to take a pretty big step back, and not just in time, but perspective. See, much of what we know about Aragast is what's written by the Arcanist in the Chronicle of the Underworld. Now, if I recall correctly, the Arcanist is a soulborn mourner, which means almost positively that he had actually never met Aragast. By the time that he arrived in the Underworld, uh, Aragast didn't really exist as an individual being. So the only person who ever even mentions Aragast never met him. So it's bound to be a incomplete history and an incomplete understanding. What the Arcanist did share does tell us about him, but it's brief. But even though there are many brief summaries in the Chronicle, Aragast stands apart. He was one of the Alltaker's children, and accordingly, he was very powerful. Some believe that he still is. But to understand his power, we have to understand what he was created for in the first place. In the first episode of The School of the Dead, we talked about how heaven and hell are two sides of the same corrupt coin. Heaven blindly pursues order, and hell fights for chaos. They're both myopic, and they both force the Alltaker to deliver Etheria to fuel their pointless battle. And so, the Alltaker and his Reapers collect Etheria from the mortal realm, and then send it to the Celestials in equal measure. But how do they send it? Through the Dearth Forge, a pillar of ethereal energy rocketing up into the Celestial realm from the center of Ilvernus. But who decides whether a mortal soul goes to heaven or hell? That task was left to Aragast. And so Aragast would drift among the Etheria, sensing each essence and divining whether it had a preference or predilection for chaos or order. And he divvied out the Etheria in equal measure, half to heaven, half to hell. And he drifted, and he sorted, and he faded. Each of the Alltaker's children was pulled from an aspect of himself, and Aragast was pulled from the Alltaker's dedication. He was so deeply devoted to his work, and he became so dedicated that he did little else at all. And because of that, we don't really know much about Aragast. But here's what we do know. He was a member of the Spirit Faction, and his connection with ethereal energy was great, so much so that he could sense whether it was chaotic or orderly in nature. We knew that he was dedicated, and he believed in the Rebellion, and he believed in the Alltaker. We know from the Chronicle that he was, quote, 
Never a being of strong sentimentality, he preferred work to all other distractions. He poured himself into his work. He floated in the dearth forge, sorting and escorting, honoring each mortal soul as it passed, and time passed, and being a being of great spirit, floating in the dearth forge, Etheria constantly flowing past him, through him. Aragast dissipated. Any being that was a singular Aragast was no longer. He had become his work. He had become one with the Dearthforge. Ultimately, there are very few written accounts of Aragast and his relationships or interactions within the Underworld, but you can't really talk about Aragast with talking about one very important relationship. Longgrief of the Forlorn Choir has been singing longer than memory. He stays in the central spire of the Dearthforge and he sings. He sings songs of great praise and comfort. He sings to Aragast. Now, let's be clear, most mourners believe that Aragast is gone, just not there anymore at all. They see Longgrief's singing as mourning. But here's the thing, most mourners can't even hear the song that Longgrief is singing. Longgrief is incredibly attuned with the philosophy and practices of the faction of spirit, so much so that the songs that he sings are truly songs of pure spirit. Only the most devout members of the spirit faction can even hear him, and even then, only a part of his song. No one is sure exactly what Longgrief is singing, but the people that can hear him have said it might be some form of communication, not just to Aragast, but with him. Okay. Here is where we go a little bit off the rails, and I tell you, just me, just Andrew Seco's personal idea of what I think Longgrief's song sounds like. None of this is confirmed, and none of it has been released or announced or anything. Just me, okay? So bear with me. It's mentioned in the Chronicle that some people join Longgrief to sing his song. Some spirit faction members stand alongside him and sing to Aragast. Now, why is that? I think it's because Longgrief is a teacher of sorts. He's talking about uh, the sort of mourning process, not just for Aragast, not just praising him for his dedication to his role, but also mourning all of the Etheria that's passing, mourning all of the mortal souls. But I think Longgrief is standing there singing, helping people learn to grieve and helping people learn to let go. And so when you have these new mourners come and sing with him, I imagine that it sounds almost like slowly adding new layers to a song as they eventually learn and unravel the philosophy of the faction of spirit simply by being there meditating with him. So in the background right now, I've actually got my rendition of what I think Longgrief's song sounds like. I think that Longgrief is one of the most beautiful characters because he has dedicated his entire life to singing the lament and praise. It's an ode and mourning. It's just, it's so good and I love it. But it doesn't matter what I think, and it doesn't matter what other people say that Longgrief's song is. All that matters is that he's there endlessly singing. 
Other people join him in song, whether it's to learn from him or whether it's just because they're faithful and they have faith in Aragast. Longgrief has faith in Aragast and Aragast gave his very essence because he believed that we could rise, conquer, and rule. And that was Aragast, the Arbiter of Souls and Longgrief of the Forlorn Choir. They're extremely interesting characters to me, and if you have any questions about them or their relationship, ask us, and we'll answer as best we can. Now this week, I don't have a question for you. I've got a challenge, a really good challenge, and a really important challenge. I spent a lot of time thinking about what Longgrief's choir sounds like, but now I want you to be a part of that choir. I want you to send us a note, a single note, as short or as long as you want. It can be any note, any melody, whatever. Send us you singing, and I'm gonna splice it together. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stitch witch it together and make Long Grief's choir, a choir of true, dedicated Court of the Dead fans, a choir of mourners. Thank you guys so much for watching this episode of School of the Dead. I'm extremely excited to see and hear what our choir is going to sound like. Make sure you tune in next week to learn more about the Alltaker's children, specifically Morgistus, the Great Bulwark. Thanks for joining us. So go mortals, rise, conquer, rule, and sing. <laughs>